Welcome to the Hook and Ladder Podcast, Sweet 16 Picks. Justin Santu, Colin O'Donnell. Last week, a terrific week of college basketball, probably the best week of the year. Um, wall-to-wall basketball games, upsets. I mean, a, just a, a basketball junkie's nirvana. Um, your team made a little bit of a run. Notre Dame did. Richmond did as well. Both both yeah. won games in the NCAA tournament, which is, I mean, that's just really cool. Um Rutgers lost to Notre Dame in the first four. We obviously discussed the peace treaty last week, and I think we we held to it, and I think it made it very amicable when everything yeah, went down. Until, until Notre Dame lost, and then all of a sudden, you know, the smack talks back. Well, it wasn't really smack talk. It was more of like a it whatever. Smack talk. It was, well, it was... Notre Dame beats Rutgers. Can I get some credit for this? Notre Dame beats Rutgers, and I, I, my phone is flooded with text messages. I, so I put my phone on airplane mode. Um, because I, I didn't have the, the, I couldn't deal with like the stupid texts, you know, from like my Rutgers friends, from our friends who are probably, who trying to jinx Notre Dame, which is really reverse jinxing Rutgers. Oh, that's funny. I like that. I, I haven't, you know, I never thought about that there because they're always trying to jinx Notre Dame. I haven't thought about how it must feel for the, uh, the other fan. I didn't like it at all. I, I looked at my phone. So my phone was on airplane mode and then I opened my phone up in the parking lot or, or driving back to the, to the hotel. And, um, you know, hundreds of messages, most are from like my Rutgers friends and they're just idiots. Like they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, and then I get, you know, I got texts from our friends, like, like Tommy saying Notre Dame's in a, like a super lock. And I'm like, all right, like, fuck you, Tommy. Like, that's just not right. I was, I was fuck Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. By saying fuck Notre Dame, you actually fucked Rutgers. Probably. And then Alabama getting fucked up in the second round anyway, which is the real part of the treaty. But I, I would like some credit, Colin, because after Rutgers lost to Notre Dame, I texted you pretty, pretty immediately afterwards. And you were the only person I really texted after the game. And I was like, I, you know, complete credit to Notre Dame. Like, I'm good. Yeah, right? no, I, I, I respected that. You know, you, you called a spade a spade. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like. I mean, I feel like it, it, it. As a Rutgers fan, it's hard to like. The loss sucks, but it's hard to be disappointed with. I mean, I guess you could be disappointed with the performance, but it, just the defense aspect. But like the kind of, they were not the better team all game, and they went to three overtimes. Um, two overtimes, but it felt like three. Yeah. <laughs> Almost three. Yeah. Um. No, I, I agree. And I also, the way I feel is like, I mean, there are Rutgers, I mean, there are crazy Rutgers fans all over the boards that, you know, fire Peichel, like can't advance in the tournament. Like, I, Jesus, like, shut up. It's like basically their third straight NCAA tournament after not going to the tournament for 30 years. I mean, let's, let's just. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other thing I was talking about, these new blood fans. Yeah. A lot of like random Rutgers basketball fans running around these days too. And they're, they've got like some, some really hot takes, you know, and I don't know where they're yeah. coming from. I know it's, it's weird because I'm, and I mean, I don't really need to spend too much time talking about Rutgers, but like just to wrap a bow on, on their season, like there was a time this year, Colin, like really early in the year where I, I was, I was like, the season's over. Like it, they lost to Lafayette in November. And I, I was pretty like my, they, after loss to UMass, I was like, man, if they don't like beat Clemson and like Purdue really, like the season's kind of over, like they're not, they're not getting back into this damn thing. Um, and it was an incredible season. And like, I think it ended the right way. Like for like, they've, they had so many of these crazy last second wins 
and losses. Like so many, every game felt like it was coming down to the final 30 seconds at the rack on the road. I mean, Ron Harper Jr. Hits the crazy three against Purdue. He hits another one at the end of the season against Indiana. I mean, they, they dodge bullets against Ohio state and Iowa at the rack. I mean, it was just a, it was a wild season. And I think it ended like appropriately, like they lost at the buzzer because they didn't box out. And it's like, 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 that's like the one thing Rutgers does like Rutgers rebounds, like they defend and rebound. And it's just, it was, I think it was almost apropos in that, in that sense, but I was okay with it. I mean, it was a, it was an awesome season. I mean, the, the, the memories from this year, the games at the rack, half court shot against Purdue, like it was an unreal season. And like, it's, it's just, it's a new era now for Rutgers basketball because Ron and Gio are, are gone and, and Caleb's probably gone as well. And, you know, the expectations are even higher now because it's like, you've gone to the tournament. I mean, really three straight. I mean, they would I mean, have gone. This is good. This is the first time in a long time that any Rutgers sports has expectations. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, you don't have to be an ass. I mean, that yeah, was fucked. I mean, kind of, kind of to the the new the new fans kind of spec here. You're gonna be you're gonna be dealing with a lot of people who didn't grow up. Yeah. Living and breathing like they don't understand. I, I deal with when I'm watching Notre Dame games all the time and football, especially. Deal with all these people that are just like, oh, Notre Dame can't get over the hump. Been dealing with them forever, and it's like. You don't remember losing to Navy after they lost to Joe Flacco in 2008. Yeah. Yeah, you just have a certain expectation that they're going to contend for the playoff every year. Yeah. And 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 once you get – once you're, like, contending for the playoff, all of a sudden isn't good enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's not as easy as people make it seem. No. No, it's – and it's – and it's annoying, too, because the amount of – I mean, it's a small – I think it's, it's a vocal minority is what it really is. Um especially when it comes to Rutgers basketball. I mean, there's a, there's a portion of people that like one guy the other day, dude, he started this thread on the Rutgers fan boards and he was like, is this roster as is right now worse than the roster Pykele inherited from Eddie Jordan? We're like, nah, we're like, what? Some people respond to that. Like, are you out of your freaking mind? Like, like what? I mean, if you could teach Amarugi how to play basketball, that's the number one pick. Amori? Amori, yeah. Just call him Cliff. We all just call him Cliff. Cliff. Cliff just played – you have not seen Cliff at his best either. Like, Cliff has had some great games also where he has looked really good. You just I mean, saw him – looks – he's got all the talent in the world. Those dunks are insane. I know. And his, but he, he did not play well against Notre Dame. And then when you, when you came to the rack, he didn't play well against Iowa. But, like, he played great I mean, I against Illinois. He played great against Illinois and Michigan State and on the road at, at, at Indiana. And, like, he's like – he didn't come off the floor in the second half at Indiana. Anyway, I just can't – I mean, whatever. I'm, I think Cliff's going to be awesome next year. I think he'll be first in all Big Ten next year. Because if yeah, he takes I the mean, same I jump – if he takes the same jump he made from freshman to sophomore year, sophomore to junior year, then he's going to be – he might end up being a lottery pick. Like, it, it really wouldn't surprise me. Because he doesn't – he actually doesn't even have a bad, bad shooting form. And if he can add a three-point shot, like, there's just no stopping him. Um, Notre Dame, though. Been a while since you've been in the tournament. Get to the tournament. Get in as one of the last four teams. Win the game at the buzzer in Dayton. Kick the shit out of Alabama. Um, I mean, this is what happens. We, we do a live. We do a live recording, and we have the peanut gallery. And I don't think Quinterly would have mattered. Uh, I mean, Alabama. Alabama couldn't guard the three point line, and they just they they looked lost against Notre Dame's kind of packed in defense, which isn't surprising because Alabama hasn't made shots all season long. 
um, and they've been a shell of themselves defensively all year long. And it was kind of a, an apropos ending for Alabama. We're not talking about Alabama. Notre Dame goes on a really nice little run there and they had Texas tech um, on the ropes. And I mean, a couple bounces here and there and, and Notre Dame could still be playing this weekend. So, yeah, really tough ending. Uh, Cause you kind of go into that game and you, with, I mean, I had expectations cause I talked about it. I didn't think Texas tech was all that good. Um, I think it's a little overhyped, but not many people were thinking that game was going to be close and you have it the lead with three minutes left. And then you kind of see the issues that have kind of plagued Notre Dame in some of these tight games. Blake Wesley is a freshman who is not good from the free throw line in the end of game situations, but he's the only person who can break down a defense by himself. So you have to go to him. And then if he goes to the line, he's got to make his free throws, which he oftentimes does not. Um, they're not very big, so they get killed on the glass a lot. I saw that with some offensive rebounds. And then, um, I mean, that, that, that those are pretty much the two main weaknesses. And then you also had the refs looking out for tech. So tough to overcome all three. Yeah. Um... I thought Texas Tech – I thought Notre Dame exposed Texas Tech also, though. Um, I mean, Tech's offense is <laughs> kind of yeah. tough to watch. Like, they can't – they don't they, – they don't – I mean, they're not a, good offensively. It, it, it's, a, it's a team of, like, stud G5 transfers yeah. that are brought in to play defense because of their defense. Uh, yeah. And athleticism. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of tough. Like, first of all, you're G5, so they probably weren't all that great to begin with. Then you're bringing in based on all the offense, and then you kind of – when you watch them, you can kind of see, like, they don't really know how to take a guy off the dribble. They, yeah. they, they kind of back up and shoot threes and then just try and get the rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, enough Rutgers, Notre Dame. Um Takeaways from the weekend. St. Peter's obviously goes on this incredible run. Um, how fun is that for our neighbors? You know, yeah. Jersey City. Jersey City. You gonna right? go to the game? You gonna go to the bar for the game? No, I don't know. I have to, I, when do they play? Thursday night or Friday night? I think it's Friday night. They play Friday. Yeah, it's Friday around seven. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That would actually be a lot of fun. In the the Jersey City bar. Yeah. Is there is there like a St. Peter's bar? Yeah, yeah, I keep saying it on like, like all the people there going nuts. Maybe I mean I don't I don't have any any money on the game yet. Yeah, I don't think it would be on St. Peter's either though. I mean, what's the line? Twelve and a half. Yeah, I mean you could you could just throw away some money on St. Peter's there. Hmm. Um, I was dead right on Michigan. I called that one. They had they yeah, were they had, they had a nice little 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 bracket. I was dead wrong on Boise State. Like I mean, I, I what were your takeaways from the weekend? What what what's that? What I stood mean, out to you? Kentucky. Yep. I think it's more of a Kentucky story than a St. Peter's story. Wow, as someone who had Kentucky, what winning it all? So that's that's your perspective on the on the situation. Yeah, I mean, you can't lose that game to St. Peter's. Yep. Uh, some of the. Some of my worries about Kentucky after I picked them all, but I just didn't know who to pick in front of them. I see you made a switch. 
keeping your bracket alive. Yeah, I, I was I I actually switched that and then and then I went back because I couldn't pick Kansas to win it. Uh, I didn't even take Kentucky to the Final Four. I was so afraid of yeah, everybody. Yeah, I know that's what yeah. I mean. I made I made I made the same switch with UCLA beating them, and then I and then I pulled went it back. back. You're like Kansas can't do it. Well, I just don't want. I just I just thought Kentucky's the best team, but uh, they don't have the shooting, yeah. and uh, that's that's been a problem when your only Sheboy was the only person really performing for them in that game. Yep, they they. It was just St. Peter's had a great game plan also. And then St. Peter's backs it up by beating Murray State, who is, like, really good also. Yeah. Is that, uh, that going to be three years in a row without a Kentucky winning tournament? Is that right? I don't, I don't really was know. Two? Because they didn't, they didn't make it last year, right? Um, no, they would have, no, I mean, they didn't make it last year, but they, they would have won some games in 2019, 2020. They had a really good team. Um, with quickly and and Maxi and like they they would have won some games but the tournament was canceled and then I guess the year before that I don't really remember what happened um, but whatever uh, what else happened this weekend I don't know why my brain is like fried trying to think back about think back to it Mountain West goes zero for four um, yes Colorado, Colorado State collapses against Michigan yep. and the only team that looked like they could have pulled out the win uh, San Diego State. Also collapsed against State Creighton. Also collapses against Creighton. That was pretty terrible. That was br- I felt really good about that. It's brutal. I felt great about that one also. They yeah, and I mean Wyoming really never had a chance against Indiana in the first four. And Boise, I mean, it just took them a little little too long to get going against Memphis, and they, they really just didn't have the horses. But we texted about this like that. That has to be an indictment of like the net. Like the Mountain yeah. West, everybody talked about the Mountain West four bed league. Mountain West is so good. Mountain West is so good. They weren't that good. And you know what? They weren't that good in the non-conference season either because they all played big games in the non-conference season and they didn't win them. Like they, didn't, they didn't have big wins. Like all their, all the best wins in the non-con, with the exception of like Colorado State getting a couple against They're Creighton. Over like yeah. mediocre. Yeah. Like mediocre G5 teams. Yeah. It was the only, they- yeah. The only, um, like Colorado State's the only one that had a couple. Like Colorado State, I think beat, um, they beat Creighton, which really wasn't that impressive early in the season. But obviously, it looks better if the season's over. But they also beat St. Mary's, and I think San Diego State also beat St. Mary's. So like those are the only two that I think really they carry any weight. But like Wyoming didn't have any big wins. Like it was either they they beat like bad Pac-12 teams, like Washington, or or they they I I, I can't. It was just. Four, four teams didn't belong in. And I think it's kind of a shame because I've been watching the NIT and like Wake Xavier. Lost. Yeah. Wake is a, is a good team. Texas A&M is obviously a very good team. Um, I think Xavier is still a good team. I mean, I know, I know they kind of collapsed towards the end of the season, but if you, if you gave me Xavier and Wyoming on a neutral floor, like I think Xavier is a better basketball team at, at full strength. Um, I fucking, I think Dayton and VCU are probably both better also. Like, yeah. And St. Bonaventure. I mean, obviously St. Bonaventure didn't have the resume when all, when all was said and done, but, you know, whatever. That's, that's beside the point. The ACC caught a lot of flack all season long. They've been great in the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, go ahead. We talked about this a little bit. I, I've been saying that it, it, one of the things, like, I think the net kind of doesn't take into account is that teams can start slow and figure things out. And when you have a lot of talent and some of the best coaches in the country, even if you lost to JMU on the road early, 
a win over UVA still carries some weight because you have Tony Bennett as your head coach, and he's been one of the best to do it for a long time. Like, I think that's where the people kind of forgot about the ACC. You got a lot of really good coaches in there, and it's just because they might not have had the best non-con does not mean that a team heating up. But Notre Dame was second and almost didn't make the tournament, won two games, almost three. Um, and like you got Virginia Tech and they won the ACC and the only they lost to Texas in like a spot of the year for Texas. Miami's been awesome. And we've kind of been talking about Miami for a long time, like all year long. Well, I mean, I have Miami in my lead eight. It's one of my few uh, good things. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, we, you, you had them all over Auburn. I wish I had the, the chutzpah to get there and I just, I didn't. Um, I should have. Auburn is terrible. And, and they're going against a team that runs a three-guard line. Yeah. Yes, I mean, this is – Miami's another indictment on the um, on the net. And uh, yep. Miami's got terrible ratings. Terrible metrics, yep. Yeah, because they lost early. And they had but bad losses. losses aren't even bad. Well, but the thing is, they were, they were blowout losses. Like, you lose to Alabama in a game by, like, 40. And, like, that's just, like, an efficiency killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, like that's but that's that but hurts that, your efficiency. That's the difference with like some coaches. Some coaches will coach to blow out so their metrics will improve. Yeah. And then other coaches will use the blowout to try things out because you're dead. And like I, I think Larinaga's the different kind of coach versus yeah. a coach that's just like trying really hard to get his metrics up. And that, yeah, that, I think that's I agree. part of the problem with advanced stats is yep. because and a blowout is better, but at a yeah. certain point, like I know they have cutoffs, but at a certain point, you don't know if a team is fighting back or if a team is just like, okay, let's on to the next game. We have a ton of games in the season. It's a good point. Like if you think about it, like I think some of the teams that defied the metrics had like had like the new school coaches. Like if you think about it, like Nate Oates in Alabama, right? Like Nate Oates is a new school coach. Todd Golden in San Francisco. Todd Golden was is a new school coach. Like the teams that struggled, like and then that had the metrics that like didn't align with with strength of record, like Jim Laranega, old school, like Steve Peichel, old school, Ed Cooley, like old school. These guys just coached to win, right? Yeah. There's not, there's no like, there's nothing more to it. Like yeah, Mike Bray also, yeah, yeah, like you know, like Nate. I mean, it's 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 interesting, and I think that I think the net was exposed this year. I just I think it was exposed, and I, I hope the NCAA takes a takes a hard look at it. Um, North Carolina also, and, and I know we'll get to them when we start talking about the games, but like how impressive were they this week? Yeah. I mean, I mean, holy shit. I mean, look, here's the thing though, coming into the year, like we knew they had the ability, like the amount of talent on that roster is like, I mean, it's obvious um, five stars everywhere. And it took them forever to figure out. Now that they figured it out, like they kind of look like a wagon. Yeah, I mean, I would be hesitant to go too far into it. Marquette has been struggling. Like, I think that Duke win gave yeah. them a ton of confidence. Yeah. Because they, they, before that, they, they didn't have a big win, right? That was their big knock. Everybody's like, UNC can't get in. They have yep. no quad one wins. Yep. You know, you kept texting me that. It, um, which, which I thought was fair. I mean, until yeah, you beat it's fair, it. but like, there's, like, there's a difference between beating. Miami or Virginia and beat it beating like or beating Michigan 
than beating like Utah State, who has great metrics. Yeah, agreed. You know, like there's there's a different level of talent and a different level of coaching in some of these conferences. But I I do think like Marquette's kind of weak, and Baylor we talked about that they've been vulnerable. Like they've been down two players all season, and they don't they were even before that they weren't as good as they were last year. Yeah. Well, I um, I was impressed with North Carolina, and I I I went back, and it's so funny because Colin, like this is this is one of the things that pisses me off about about college basketball betting. I was on North Carolina at all the wrong times. I had them as a top ten team preseason, top fifteen team preseason. I had them as the favorite in the ACC. You know what my record is betting on North Carolina this season? On them. What? It's horrible. I'm going to tell you what it is betting on them. I'm going to. I'm going to... Did you bet on Baylor? Uh, no, I didn't bet that game at all. But I was just so betting on North Carolina. I was three and seven, three and seven. That's bad. You ready for something worse? Here I am fading North Carolina. Zero oh and six. Zero oh and six. So that makes me. Three and thirteen on games involving North Carolina, but at the end of the day, like they're they're in the Sweet Sixteen, so they're technically one of the top sixteen teams in college basketball at this moment, right? And I had them as a top sixteen team preseason, and I just have mistimed them all season long. Um, but whatever, that's beside the point. Let's get into to this week's games. Um, quick recap on last week: we went three and three in our first round plays. We cashed Providence minus two against South Dakota State, Texas minus one against Virginia Tech, and Miami plus one and a half against USC. And we lost Boise plus two and a half against Memphis. I take full responsibility for that one. San Diego State minus two against Creighton. They collapsed. That was a loss. And LSU minus four against Iowa State. Um, LSU just honestly never the right side there. LSU was just the wrong side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. This week, Sweet 16, Thursday's games. Let me pull them up. We're just going to go one by one and break it down. If we have plays, we'll discuss the plays. Have you played anything yet? Just one. Okay. All right. Arkansas-Gonzaga. Gonzaga laying nine and a half against Arkansas. Um, feels like a lot of points, doesn't it? But, like, I feel like everybody everybody thinks that. I mean, but that's kind of the, the that's kind of par for the course with Gonzaga. Like, they, they lay these big numbers, and, like, you have to choose when the right time is to – lay it with Gonzaga or when to, when to take the points. Like, I don't even know if Arkansas is the right matchup for them. Like I, this is one of the few games that I looked at and I'm, I was just like, I can't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see an edge. Like I want to play Arkansas, but I don't, I can't, I can't come up with a narrative to do it. You know? Yeah. Well, um, Arkansas, they, they've got JD Note, They've got Musselman, great coach, great player, uh, guard in the tournament. That's always good. But, they're not that big, and they rely on offensive rebounds, and they rely on going to the cup. It's hard yep. to go to the cup when you got Chet yep. sitting right there, you know? Yep. Um, Arkansas can't shoot the three. Gonzaga's still a great three-point shooting team. Uh, if they go cold for any second of this game, it gets turned on its head, you know? And 
and you're in a lot of trouble. I do still, but I, I don't want to lay the points with Gonzaga because Arkansas has a ton of talent and they have a great coach and Gonzaga still has not, this is going to be the first power five team they have faced since Texas, Texas Tech, Tech on yep. December 18th. Yep. So. Yep. That's a, that's a long time to go without seeing this level of talent on a team. Yeah. I mean, Memphis has, has power five. Now, Memphis has Memphis has top in town, but Memphis is a AU team. So it's <laughs> a great point. That's a that's a really good point. Like it, it has been a long time since Gonzaga has seen this kind of speed and athleticism. I guess they did see it against Memphis, which is the only reason why I would lean Gonzaga. But like um, everything that you you said, like is part of why I I I've looked hard at Gonzaga. Like I mean, I don't. I don't see how Arkansas scores. Like everybody talks about Arkansas's defense, but like, like Arkansas wants to run a little bit, don't they? And like, if you run with Gonzaga, like Gonzaga will win that battle. And like, where's Arkansas scoring? You're right. They don't shoot the three well and they don't have good shoot. Like nobody, nobody on that team shoots the three um, except Note. Um, they're going to have to try to score inside. I mean, Jalen Williams is great and he should have a good, he should be able to guard Timmy uh, a little bit, but like Gonzaga's just a, really good and I, I I don't think I'm comfortable laying six and a half nine and a half or whatever but in in much the same way especially with the game in San Francisco too like the Pacific Northwest basically like it might be similar to the Memphis game where like if Gonzaga falls behind early like it could be an opportunity to to, to catch them live because I don't think they lose this game yeah um, I agree I don't think they lose either yeah I, I... yeah if, if they if they go down I think the live bet is the way to do it yeah. I think nine and a half is a bit much with a team like Arkansas and just the uncertainty of seeing Gonzaga's play top end competition in a while. Yeah. Arkansas pesky um, Michigan Villanova Nova laying four and a half, five against Michigan in San Antonio, Michigan um, beat Colorado state beat Tennessee uh, covered against Tennessee is six and a half point dogs. And then one outright, um, Nova has also covered both games. They blew out Delaware, and then they kind of handled Ohio State. A little bit of a scare in the second half, but they, they found their way. Um, I like Villanova here. I feel like I'm kind of in the minority, um, and I, I've talked with some people about it. Like, oh, Michigan, like Michigan's playing well. Like, they, you know, they're starting to gel. And who, how does Villanova have an answer for Hunter Dickinson? I'll tell you how Villanova answers Hunter Dickinson. Like, Jay Wright will figure it out a way. Like, this isn't the first time that Villanova's been a little undersized playing against a really good big man. And I think a big reason why I loved Michigan against Tennessee, Kyle, is like Michigan has really good, like young talent. And Tennessee really is young too. I mean, Tennessee's really their starting backcourt was, was two guards that were freshmen. Um, and like, that's, that, I don't love that in March. There aren't very many teams ex- experienced as Villanova. And I think their experience will matter here. And I, I think four and a half, I mean, even though it might be the public side to be on Nova, like I, I have a hard time seeing how Villanova doesn't control the tempo and Jay Wright doesn't have a great game plan. And like Nova should stretch the floor. And like, I just think they're, they're better. And I think they find a way. And I think the market is a little higher on Michigan. Like you can't tell me that Michigan was six and a half point dogs against Tennessee and now they're four and a half point dogs against Villanova. I think Nova's better than Tennessee. And like, Nova was laying five and a half against Ohio state and they're laying four and a half against Michigan. I think Ohio state's better than Michigan. So like all of these things are, are, are leading me to, 
to to want to bet Villanova. So like that's where my head is on Nova laying four and a half. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, okay. I, I'm also a noted Michigan Big Ten hater. So you are. That's that's something to keep in mind when listening here. But uh, but I'm I'm a Big Ten I'm a Big Ten homer. I know. So it balances good. out. It's good to hear you on the same yeah. side because yeah because normally you don't you don't like my Big Ten takes. Um, but yeah, I mean Collins Gillespie about as good as you're going to get for a senior point guard in March. Uh, Jay Wright, obviously a great coach. Juwan Howard, been good in the tournament so far. Pretty small sample size. I don't really know if you could say, like, I think you're going to have to see a couple more seasons before you really make an opinion on if he's the greatest coach in March Madness history or if he's just, you know, had some good matchups. I think it's more of that. I think it's more he's got a talented group and he's a good motivator and he gets his guys ready to play. I think now into the second weekend, it's a lot more tactical. And when it was tactical last year, like UCLA beat him, you know? And I think you, there are very few in the sport that are as good game planners as Jay Wright, especially with an experienced group. So yeah. really test Juwan Howard's coaching. I mean, this, this Villanova team is, is Final Four good. I agree. Championship good. I agree. And everybody thought that coming into the year too. Like they were a top five team. Like, yeah. And, and it's, it's weird. You know, you, you, you know, that, that West coast bias, like I think in a weird way, like the big East also has kind of an East coast bias. Cause like it's a, it's the sixth power conference and like they kind of, I might be wrong, but I feel like they kind of operate a little bit beneath the, the big they town. Operate under the radar. Yeah, yeah. Cause they don't have football. They don't have it. Like I'm now in a, in a like, I got to deal with all these Providence and Villanova kids now. So uh, I'm, I'm in a full Big East mindset these days, but it's still like you're watching their big games on Fox Sports 1. Yep. Like that's not ESPN. Yep. You're right. Um, and like outside of Villanova, now that UConn's there, that's another brand. But before that, Villanova's a brand. Yep. Nobody else there is like a – like how many people is Seton Hall a draw for? You're right. I not mean, very many. Fan, you, you, well, also, I mean, not very many. I mean, Seton yeah. Hall's not, it's just not, it's not. Yeah. Like Providence. All right. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I do. I do kind of agree. I think like it, it kind of flies under the radar a little bit and Villanova is just dominant. Yeah. And we talked about forgotten elites in March, like forgotten elite teams tend to be the ones that, that makes some noise. And I think Villanova is a forgotten elite. I think UCLA in, in, a, in a weird way is a bit of a forgotten elite. Duke also, I mean, the way they kind of bowed out have been like kind of these forgotten elites, right? All the hype coming in was on the SEC, Kentucky, and the Big yeah, 12, SEC, Kansas, Baylor. SEC yeah. really shit the bed. I mean, <laughs> it's been awful. I thought we were going to come in here talking about the Big t- Big 10, but they, uh, they, they performed a little miracle turnaround at the end and uh, had an okay March Madness, not like last year. Yeah, just getting a couple teams through Michigan and, and, and Purdue. Um, anyway, so I think Villanova minus four and a half is is going to be a play for me. Are we? I mean, I don't. I don't. We haven't really talked about how we're going to do this because there are just you know eight games to talk about. Do we just want to like align on all of our consensus plays and just give those all out, like not have like a specific yeah. number on yeah. them? I mean, it, yeah, that's that's fine with me. Yeah, I'm, okay. I like Villanova also. I'm going to be on it. All right, Villanova minus four and a half is a is the first consensus play this week sixteen for the hook and ladder pod. Duke Notre Dame. Um, interesting game. I have a Texas Tech future. Not Notre, 
You just Did I say Notre Dame? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Duke, Texas Tech. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Colin. I apologize. I did not. It was not intentional. I mean, we would have got smacked like we did last time. But <laughs> that, I mean, I, I pretty much my whole tournament was hoping that we could just play Duke in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Because I knew there was no way we were going to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been kind of considered. That would have been considered a success to get to the Sweet 16. I think for sure. Even so, I think it's a success. Yeah, agreed. That was the that was the in my opinion that was the ultimate goal. Duke Texas Tech um, Tech laying one one and a half in spots um, against Duke uh, West Regional San Francisco. Um, I have a future on Texas Tech at like fifty to one. So like, I mean, it's gotten to the point this season where I've got like two or three of these remaining, and like I'm not really rooting for them, but I'm just kind of casually seeing how far they'll go but that has nothing to do with the my my, my look at this game um close to a pick em. announced today that aj griffin's going to play for duke which i think is, is is good news um what do you think kyle what's your what's your take here i know you got I mean, you got an opinion yeah one of the best adjusted offenses against one of the best adjusted defenses and kind of all right um offense versus an all right defense but I think if you watch these teams, I think there's a difference in that Duke's defense can be elite when they lock in and be elite. Um, this was the first bet I placed. I love Duke here. I, I just see no way that Texas Tech is going to be able to score against Mark Williams, Dan Caro, Roach is going to be there, Theo John off the bench. Like, that's not a – not an easy task i watched this team just bully notre dame and all texas tech wants to do is bully but you're gonna run in they're running into the bigger guy you know you beat up one kid you roll down the line and you see a behemoth and you, you try the same thing it's not gonna work and texas tech only has one thing to try and that's that's the pound inside that's the only way they're gonna score i mean they can keep it tight because they can stop duke from scoring but I just don't see any way that Texas Tech wins this, and they're getting points with Duke, so yeah. I love the play. I'm all over it. On the flip side, though, is there any, like, part of you that worries about Duke scoring? Like, Texas Tech has been the best two-point defense in the country all year, really, um, and it feels like the way to beat Texas Tech and score on them is to score over the top, and, like, I don't really look at Duke as, like, a great three-point shooting team. Like, that's my only, like, reservation. Um, are you worried about that at all? No, I, 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 a little bit. Like, I do think that's the way Texas Tech wins this. I mean, obviously they play defensively, but I just, I think if you look at the edges, right, I think Duke has a bigger edge against Texas Tech's offense than Texas Tech's defense has an edge against Duke's offense. Like, I would yeah. almost put the Duke offense versus the Texas Tech defense as a tie and then put the Duke defense versus the Texas tech offense as like plus three points to Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. I completely, I, I completely Texas agree. Tech hype is, is at a ridiculous level at this point. I know they have, I mean, let me, for a team that should have lost to Notre Dame, I, I'm hearing so many people with futures on them to win the tournament, uh, final four picks. Well, I mean, at least I had a fucking future from back in October. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, recent futures and, <laughs> Big Cat just made it his game of the year. Uh, I saw that. Game of the year. Yep. Um, Texas Tech, Colin, um, away and neutral this season, nine and nine. 
nine and nine with the 135th ranked offensive efficiency. I mean, like Texas tech has not been the same team. We talk, we've talked about this all year long about how great they are at home. They are not the same team on the road. Their efficiency numbers away neutral are atrocious nine and nine. And honestly, this is something we probably should have looked at with Kentucky because Kentucky was in a similar way. Like they were eight and eight um, away neutral. And that, that kind of could have been an indictment um, coming into the tournament. Uh, Duke on the flip side, 15 and three, and they've got the number one offensive efficiency in the country um, away from home. So I think those, that's a, that's a factor. Um, I completely agree with everything you said. I think, I think Duke's defense is really good. I don't think Texas Tech has seen a defense when I don't think Texas Tech is, I mean, Texas Tech can't score against a lot of defenses. Um, and now they got to face a defense like Duke's um, with multiple days to prepare. I think it's going to be really tough. And, and Duke has guys that can score. And if AJ Griffin's healthy, which is a big deal, it just adds another shooter and more length. And I, I agree completely. And I, 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 I look back at my power ratings and like, I can't, I couldn't, I could not pinpoint a single moment this season where Duke would have ever, ever been a, dog to texas tech on a neutral site like i just can't like when would that have ever happened it's it's almost the reverse of like everybody thinks would be funny if duke would lose that now everybody's been talking about how and uh like uh, it's not gonna happen against this Texas tech and i almost think it's the reverse too is like imagine how mad people would be if duke just won the whole thing and coach k retired Yep. Yep. Like that would be that would be hilarious. Yeah. And and it's totally plausible. And like let's also let's be real too. I mean, there are gonna be a lot of Gonzaga fans in San Francisco. After that, they're gonna be Duke fans. I mean, nobody travels like Duke. Like Duke fans are everywhere. Um yeah. and like Duke on a neutral is always feels like Duke, like a home Duke game because it's, it's always a pro Duke crowd. I agree, Kyle. I'm glad you put me on this one earlier this week when we talked about it briefly. I, I see it completely the same way. Um, and it helps that a bunch of my idiot friends have also texted me about how Texas yeah, Tech Texas is Tech, like. I, you're not going to believe how many texts I've gotten about Texas Tech. Yeah, how, how do we not hammer Texas Tech? I mean, Raj, Raj loves Texas Tech. Raj is an idiot. So Duke plus one and a half, second, second consensus play of the I mean, it's, it's like the these pod. people didn't watch them lose to Oklahoma State, who is a much worse offense than uh, Duke. I know. And that's such a great point. And it's a very similar defensive team, like long, athletic, like physical. Big. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Big. But they were offensively inept. And Duke is not offensively inept. Duke is not, I w- this is not a great Duke offensive team, but they no, are, no. they're good. I, I don't understand how their adjusted offense is so good. Uh, I mean, they're not, like, it's not, I don't know. It's not bad, but when I watch Duke play, I don't like, their offense is never what blows. No, yeah, I guess. They. What? Hmm. But like the the metrics would tell you that it's the opposite. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I they they have good players. Like I mean, at the end of the day, Bancaro, Keels, Griffin, Roach, Moore, Wendell Moore is awesome. Like these guys put the ball in the basket. So like I'm not worried about them them scoring in, in one-on-one situations. I, I I like Duke. Duke plus one and a half feels like a really um, good number. So second consensus play of the pod, Duke plus one and a half. All right, last game of the night, Arizona, Houston. Arizona laying one and a half against Houston. Houston off of that big win against Illinois, where they just kind of ran away from them. And then you got Arizona, which needed 
which kind of struggled with Wright State in their first game um, for a little while, and then like needed to come back, win in overtime against TCU. Feels like people are kind of you know over this Arizona hype, and like I don't know the way I see it, Colin. I know we've talked about it a little bit. Is like. What like what has Houston faced all season long that has prepared them for for teams like Illinois and Arizona? Like they beat Illinois. I thought Illinois played like shit. Illinois has been been weak all season long. They've been soft Illinois all year. Illinois has been has been a, a team that just has refused to live up to expectations all year yep. long. Yep. They they show you a flash in a pan. You pick them in the final four, and then they lose in the second round. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you think about this game? Like, are are you? Are you seeing it? Like, I think a lot of sharp people seem to be wanting to take Houston. Like, there's stinky line. Like, Ken Palm. Ken Palm has Houston favored, right? All the analytics sites. Yeah, all the analytics sites love Houston. Well, they love Houston because Houston blows teams out, like blows bad teams out, and that's all they've done all year. The only NCAA tournament teams that Houston has beaten this year was Memphis in the American Championship game, UAB obviously in the tournament, then Illinois in the tournament. Like that was it for Houston. Yeah. I mean, Kelvin Sampson's a hell of a coach. Yep. That's that's definitely a factor, and um, like I think I think also the some of the West Coast bias is, is playing into this a little bit. Like people haven't watched Arizona all year, so they just go, "Yeah, yeah." Arizona never makes it to the Final Four. They lose in the Elite Eight every every year. What's Sean Miller still doing there? <laughs> you know, that's that's probably what a lot of people are asking themselves. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I, I I just look at this game and I'm really tempted to bet Arizona. I think some of the times I wanted to go against Arizona this year, they've just like shown up to a different level. Tommy Lloyd is obviously a fantastic coach. Like they haven't proven that much to me outside of the UCLA win. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, they, they went on the road. They, they, they went on the road and beat Illinois. I mean, I understand Illinois has been kind of soft, but like, it's still a tough place to go on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's what put them on the map, right? Yeah. Originally, but well, they, they blew out Michigan in Vegas early in the season. Yeah, but I think a lot of teams can blow out Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. USC, I think, is a good team. Like, they proved it against USC, put up a much better fight than Auburn did against Miami. Yep. Um, I, I do think the Pac-12 does still have some talent, and I, I think TCU is a bad match. Like TCU is really good, and Eddie Lampkin had the game of his life, but you could see Eddie Lampkin from a mile away for a long time. Like every game you watch TCU, he's just a behemoth in the paint. Yep. And even if he doesn't put up the numbers, his, his impact on the game is always massive. Yep. And I, Dixon's a really good coach. Yep. Samson's also a really good coach, but what TCU does, Houston. It's kind of a redux. Yeah. Well, like not. I mean, Houston, I think Houston might be better than TCU. At, no, TCU is better, but or Houston is better, but it's like the same type of deal. Right. And I think it's hard to get surprised by the same thing twice if you're yep. equipped to deal with it. And I yep. think Arizona is equipped to deal with it. Like Coloco, or yeah, Coloco, Christian. Yep. I don't, I'm not, yeah, Coloco. Yeah. And, and Tubelis. Like, yep. Those are big guys down low that can help you with some of the uh, size and the physicality that Houston's going to play with. And Houston, the, despite yep. being physical, isn't that big. Yep. Yep. So, I, I mean, and it just seems like everybody wants Houston here. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it feels like everybody's kind of high on Houston. I, I agree. I mean, they, they dominated Illinois. Arizona struggled with TCU. And, like, that's that's it's recency bias. Um, Arizona's really, really good. They've got incredible wings. Their big men are good. If Kirk Creasa is, like, healthy and, like, he should be healthier, if he's healthy, like, that just makes this, this Arizona team, like, that much better. I mean, they've got – they're athletic – they run and they get up and down the floor they make shots like they have dominated teams all season long and i think that that now we're getting them laying a small number it's basically basically a pick on right minus one and a half whatever um this kind of reminds me kyle of the final four game for houston last year against um against baylor right everybody was coming in high on houston all houston really did was beat double digit seeds on their way to the final four they didn't really do anything of note they get to the final four they're only four and a half point dogs against, against Baylor, which is super athletic, like super talented, super skilled, been an elite team all year. And everybody loves Houston. Houston's a sharp play, right? All the sharps are like, oh, Houston, only four and a half point dogs. That's a little bit of a stinky line. Like here comes Houston. I That's what this reminds me of. And I just don't think I, – I like Arizona a lot. Like I think Arizona's just better. And they have a lot more ways to beat Houston. And I think that it's going to be kind of a – I think this Sweet 16, I, I – I, I kind of just feel like it's a wake-up call. I think the teams that have been the better teams all season long will stay the better teams. And that's why I like Duke against Texas Tech. That's why I like Villanova against Michigan. That's why I like Arizona against Houston. So I'm 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 gonna it's a play for me. I've bet it, I've bet it on the money line. I got minus 120. Um, and that's that's a bet I've made on Arizona. So are you aligned? Do you want it? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Three consensus plays Thursday night, Villanova minus four and a half, Duke plus one and a half, Arizona minus one and a half. On to Friday, St. Peter's, the pride of Jersey City, New Jersey, plus 12 and a half against Purdue and Philadelphia. Um, I don't, my thoughts on this are one, it's amazing what St. Peter's is doing. I mean, it's, it's, they, they play in such a small gym. They've got such a small budget to have beaten Kentucky and Murray State and Murray State pretty convincingly, like back-to-back, is an incredible story. It's remarkable. I do not see a way in which they compete with Purdue. Um, no, it, it's, a, it's, it's a very different – you, you said it, but it's also worth reiterating is how different the Sweet 16 is than the round of 32 and the first round because when you go in those first games, the first round you have a lot of time to prepare for but a lot of teams aren't just locked in. Like you, you might not take your matchup as seriously. Like it's hard to tell college kids to take St. Peter seriously. Right. And then the second game, you might start to take them seriously, but you don't have time to prep. And maybe they do something a little different. And that's why you see a lot of these 15 seeds, Florida Gulf Coast, Oral Roberts, mm-hmm. make it to the Sweet 16. But then when they get to the Sweet 16, they have a team that's better than them, that's playing well, and that's prepared, and yep. that's uh, typically a bad, a bad matchup. So I, I mean, I honestly have anyway to cover or not cover anyway. Yeah, um, I haven't bet it. I mean, I'm in you know New Jersey. I don't, I don't really think it's something that I can bet. I don't want to bet it either. I'd love to see St. Peter's like stay hot and win. I just don't see any way that they. That, I don't even think they cover. Like I just don't see it happening. I, I think Purdue, Purdue rolls. And I think they're just such a difficult matchup for St. Peter's too. Their size and. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, any any play here for you? Are you going to bet this game at all or no? No, no, no. Okay. Providence, Kansas. Providence plus seven and a half against Kansas in Chicago. 
Uh, I mean, feels like the line is telling you that the Kansas should roll. Um, like Providence feels like the, the public side, right? Why is Providence getting so many points? But like, I look at this game and I, I, Providence can match up well with Kansas. Like, I, I think this is going to be a good game. Like, I don't, I don't see Kansas rolling. Them. I mean, Kansas, Kansas struggled against the Creighton team that was missing like their two best players <laughs> and still scored almost 80 points on them. And now you've got Providence, which is like a wagon at the moment offensively, playing great basketball, experienced, unafraid. I mean, why is, I mean, I think the number is really high and like it might be square and public to say like that's too many points, but like, Feels like too many points. So I kind of want to get there on Providence plus seven and a half. What do you think? I mean, I kind of agree. I also told all my Providence friends that I was going to bet Kansas minus a thousand. Um, <laughs> Why? Well, because they were blowing us out in the luck. Providence shot six, like 60% from three. I know. They made everything. And Richmond missed everything. Yeah. Richmond went one for 23 and Providence shot like 14 for 26 or something like that. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Like Providence can't shoot, and Richmond's a great shooting team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so Providence, like, is, Providence is a good Providence is a good shooting team this year. They have been a good. good they have been a good shooting team all season long. I can't. Been an okay. They have well, been a good. Percentages. You look at the percentages. I I Providence is a good shooting team. No, they're not. Colin, I watch this team, and they're not. Colin, they my, are. My roommate Justin. Every time they shoot, he. He yells no. Well, like he's, every without fail, every shot. He's out of his mind. Providence this season, thirty-five percent from three, top one hundred in the country. I mean, like they're, they're okay, I mean, top one hundred in the country. They're, they're they're better than terrible. Okay, they also they also don't really turn the ball over and they score inside. Like they're a good team. Like they're a good they're, they're a good, good offensive team. I know, team. But they're not a shooting team. They 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 rebound. They play defense. They don't turn the ball over. They're well coached. Yes. They're big. Yes. Those those are where you can don't don't say, come saying they're they're like well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna they're not exactly firing up bricks like I think they're I think they're a better shooting team than Texas Tech for example yeah, well, I, well Texas Tech is well so there you go so I think I think that's the I mean anyway that's whatever the, that's the pro comp I mean I just I think they're they have guys that make shots like Al Durham what's the line Noah Horkler what's the line in that? on what Tech Providence. I know they already played, but I mean, it would probably be Tech minus seven, minus six and a half on a neutral. Do you think so? Even yes. though Providence already beat them. Yes, I think that's exactly what the line would be. That's that's that shows you how high people are on Providence or on Tech because of their uh, like the hype of the analytics and how low people are on Providence. Even though I I don't think Tech missed anybody for that game, right? No, they were they were healthy. They're they just lost hours. at Providence early in yeah. the season. Yeah. Anyway. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. That that game's not going to happen unless Providence and Texas Tech play in the championship game. Game's yeah. not going to happen. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, you don't want to bet Tech uh, Providence plus seven and a half. I kind of do. I might be going to a Providence bar on Friday to watch it. <laughs> so I'll definitely bet it if I do that. Um, I just can't see. I, I look at the matchup like I want. I want. I'm sick of these Providence fans, you know. I don't want I them to win. I was happy for them before. Now, now they're now they're annoying me. I don't want them to win. I don't want them to win. I just think that they. I think they cover. Like I think they play. I think it's a good game. I think they play well. Like I don't see Kansas winning this game by 15, 20 points. You know. Well, that's the problem with this whole 
bracket, right? Is nobody's actually any good. Well, I think Kansas is good. I mean, I need Kansas to be good. I got a lot of money riding on Kansas being good. I mean, Kansas to the final four, I feel like feels pretty safe, but. I mean, until Providence like wins and like Providence could win because that's what they do. I haven't, I, I, I think Providence plus seven and a half has to be bet. Um, I just think the number's big and like this team has been defying like logic all season long. And like, I don't, this doesn't feel like the time to, to take them, take Kansas minus seven, minus seven and a half. Like that's a, that's a big number to cover, you know? Whatever. Are we, are we rocking with it as a consensus player? No. I don't know, man. I, I feel like, yeah, I don't think Kansas is that good, but I feel like they could just roll out and roll Providence. See, the thing is, if that happens, I'm okay with it because I want Kansas. I, my, my feeling is, is the further right, Kansas. So you bet Kansas and, and, and hedge, or Providence and hedge for yourself. I will. I probably will. And, and I'll bet Providence because I'm going to be at a, at a, at a Providence bar. So, so then it's a consensus play. Providence well, will I don't know that. if I'm going to be there. So, I, I so are, are we giving it as a play or not? You tell me. I think we, we, we both are okay. Like, we, we, we're not betting Kansas. We're yeah, not betting Kansas. All right, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Providence plus seven and a half. Just add it in for the volume. Um, North Carolina, UCLA. UCLA minus two and a half against UNC in a – in Philadelphia. What do you think? What do you think? We're back here? to our spray and pray ways. You know, it's been too long. That's all right. It's good. It's good to be, it's good to be spraying and praying. I know. Last, I, know. Last... I miss it. I miss, yeah. I miss spraying and praying. What do you think? I, mean, I you... still do it, but, you know, I miss, yeah. I miss giving, <laughs> giving it out. out. Yep. What do you think? North Carolina, UCLA. This is a tough game. I, I feel like I have so much better reads on the Thursday games than I do on the Friday games. Okay. I also think that it's better games on Thursday, but there are, there definitely are. That's indisputable. Yeah. <laughs> like St. Peter's Purdue is not on Thursday. <laughs> like that's on Friday. <laughs> like the best games are Arizona, Houston and Duke, Texas tech without, without question. Those are the three, two, two best games of the weekend without, without a doubt. I mean, I like UCLA. This is the best game on Friday. I agree. I like UCLA. Okay. Why? The line's a little low though. Or is it though? Not a little high. I mean, that's what that like. I guess it's down to two and a half now. But three was three felt like a lot for me to lay with UCLA. Really? Like, I feel like like when this season, like throughout the entire course of this season, if North Carolina played UCLA on a neutral site, would UCLA have been laying any less than like four or five points? Right now, because North Carolina just right. blew out Baylor. Right. Like, this is like the, this is North Carolina's peak, is it not? Yeah. And this is I the mean, highest the market has been on North Carolina. Yeah. All season I, long. I agree. Two and a half. I get two and a half. UCLA I'm laying. Good, man. UCLA, UCLA is, is very really good. good. And, and Nick Cronin coaches the exact type of basketball that's going to be a problem for North Carolina down low. Yep, they'll slow the pace. Like they, they will run their offense. They'll run their sets. They won't turn it over. UCLA defends. They're deep. They've got the bodies that they can throw at Armando Baycott. They've got really long wings, which I think might give UNC's smallish backcourt some problems. I, I really like UCLA. I think they're they're 
they're really good. And I don't think they're going to be afraid of like North Carolina at all. Like, I don't think the name brand is just a, I like UCLA. I mean, they're on a mission. I know, I know, I know. I think they're on a mission. And I think North Carolina, you know, they just had this crazy win over Baylor. I don't, I don't think that, I don't trust Hubert Davis. I don't trust it. I think UCLA is, I, I think UCLA is the side here. I think the play, I think they play well. I like the way they match up. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that I like about this game. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I mean, can't I agree under, under three is definitely nice. I agree. Cause I do think North Carolina's got talent and like, as much as you say, UCLA is a good matchup for them. Duke should be a great matchup for them. And they beat them on there, but that's also the, that was the spot of the year. Yeah, it was a good spot. Um, this isn't really the spot of the year. Mm, it's not a spot of the year because, I mean, obviously both teams are super motivated, but, like, the way I've been trying to look at no, these games – it's a games, spot for UCLA, yeah, but not, like – Well, I don't think it's a spot for either team. Like, they're both – I mean, they both want to win. It's Sweet 16. Like, there's no overlooking. There's no other distractions. The way I've been looking at these games is, like, at what point – like, where is the market? Like, where, how high is the market on, on X? How, how low is the market on Y? And it just feels like the market is, is really high on North Carolina. It feels like a really good time to sell, sell high on UNC. Just like it feels like a good time to sell high on Houston and a good time to, to buy low on Duke and a good time to sell high on Michigan. And that's, that's kind of the theme of all of my plays. Except for um, Providence. Except for Providence, which just, I don't feel like, I don't feel Providence like they're at the peak. buying high and we're selling low on Kansas. Yeah. We're buying high on Providence. We continue to buy high on Providence. People have been buying high on Providence all season long. Like why? Whatever. Um, so I feel like this is an opportunity on UCLA minus two and a half to, to, to sell high on the Tar Heels. So it's a play yeah. for me. Agreed? Yep. All right. Last game of the also, weekend. Yes, go ahead. One more thing. Uh, how do you think Cincinnati fans feel, feel about this? You know, they were, they were crowing for Mick Cronin to leave. They couldn't wait for it. Uh, could never get past the second weekend. Went to the final four last year. Was a top 10 team all year this year. Now in the Sweet 16, chance to go to the Elite Eight to play either Purdue or St. Peter's. Two teams you should be favored over. I don't, I don't know what Cincinnati fans think. I mean, they're, they're, they're not even in the United <laughs> I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure they're pretty I'm, – I'm sure they're – Interesting though, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? Yeah, they're painting the clown makeup on their face. Is what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be real. Mick Cronin was a was awesome, and he is awesome. And it's he's got the resources and the opportunity at UCLA, and he's he's brought UCLA back. I mean, they're back. They're a blue blood. They're a top ten team. I mean, they're going to be a top ten team annually. It feels like. Um, so there's just no like there's no. Mick Cronin's great, and we've known Mick Cronin's great for a long time. Like this yeah. is not this is nothing new to the pod. We the have first been... time I the first time I really knew Mick Cronin's UCLA arrived was when I bet him plus four hundred against Colorado in that first season, and yep. then I just continued to bet them like every game they played down the stretch. Yep, yep. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the, what's the Rostinism about Mick Cronin? Like um, more consistent than a than a few good uh, men, a few good men on a rainy Sunday or something yep. like that. Yep, yep. Like the, it just, he's just consistent and he, he wins. And I, I agree. I like UCLA um, minus two and a half. Okay. Last one, Iowa state plus two and a half against Miami uh, in Chicago, the Midwest regional 
semifinal, Miami got to this point by beating USC and then by beating Auburn. Um, kind of edged USC, beat Auburn convincingly. Iowa State hung on against LSU, hung on against Wisconsin. Um, both LSU and Wisconsin really not very good teams, I think. Um, and then Miami laying two and a half. They opened as a pick and they've moved to, to be two and a half point favorites. Uh, what do you think? What's your side here? What's your thought? You got a side? Any angle? Mm-hmm. Don't really have a side. I mean, I'm rooting for Miami. Got to keep the ACC going, you know, keep them hot. Okay. Um, home game for Iowa State. Huge home game for Iowa State. And it's going to be a massive advantage. I mean, Miami fans barely travel for football. I doubt they're making it up to Chicago where it's 20 degrees when they got 85-degree weather down in Miami right now. Um. I do think Miami's the better team. I think um, Larry Nagy's the better coach. I think they've got more talent than Iowa State. I think, I, But both of the – if we're going to be honest, this is the most fraudulent region of the bracket. Any team could be here. Rutgers could very easily be in the Sweet 16 if they were in this bracket, like easily. Yeah. I think I would probably pick them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. But they're not, and that's how the, that's how their shit works. Yeah, but the, but this is what I mean is this is a fraudulent bracket. So like, yeah, anybody could have anybody could have made it. Yeah. Um, I I am going to bet Iowa State plus two and a half. Uh, I think that the the home court is an advantage. I like their defense. It is aggressive, and it is they will force. They might make Miami uncomfortable. I mean, it's tough because Miami's got such a great backcourt and like they don't turn the ball over and like they win one-on-one matchups, which actually kind of scares me a little bit. Um, but I just think it's a, I think the number's wrong. I mean, I think people are really high on Miami and they should be like Miami's been playing really well. I mean, they beat USC and Auburn. It's a really impressive back-to-back, but like it's basic. They're basically going on the road here. Iowa state fans travel. They're so pumped up about their team. They just basically won a road game at Wisconsin and now they're playing in Chicago. They will have fans. They defend at a high level and it's the better defense getting points on a neutral site, which is something that I really like uh, a neutral site that will favor their home court, um, their fan base. So I think Iowa state plus two and a half is a good look um, for me. And that's a, that is, that is a bet that I'm, I'm going to make for sure. I will not. What you don't know? That's okay. I I, I figured no, you wouldn't. I'm not. I, if I, if anything, I'm betting Miami here. Yeah, this is, I, I know. This I, is this this is the one good thing about my bracket. You know, having Miami in the Elite Eight. <laughs> my bracket may be shit, but if I could get Miami in the Elite Eight and Duke in the Final Four, you know, it, was, it wasn't that shit. Yeah, I, I figured you wouldn't be aligned on this one, but that's okay. We can't be aligned on everything. It's good. It's good to show a little bit of a little little difference of opinion. Um, I just I, – I like Iowa State. I think they're tough. They're scrappy. It's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a grind. Um, I think their fans are rowdy. And, I mean, Miami better be ready to guard because Iowa State will guard. They will guard at a really high level. And I think they're a bit of a team of destiny. And I think the fact that the games are being played in Chicago is just a huge – it's a huge, huge advantage. Um, so, it's a play for me. Iowa State plus two and a half. Okay. Our consensus plays, Colin. Villanova minus four and a half against Michigan. Duke plus one and a half against Texas Tech. Arizona minus one and a half against Houston. Providence plus seven and a half against Kansas. And UCLA minus two and a half against North Carolina. 
think we got a pretty pretty solid card for the Sweet 16. What are we doing betting on Providence? You want to you want to scrap it? No, no, it's too late. It's too late. We're we're, we're locked in. But that like sticks out like a sore thumb in that in that uh that lineup right there. Uh, the squares are going to win on one play. Why not the one that we join them on? Yeah. Right. And I, the pub- I like that. The public's the public is not going to go zero and eight this weekend. You know they're going to win. They're going to win a couple. Like might as well be be Providence. <laughs> might as well be Providence. I agree. All right, Hook and Ladder Podcast, Week 16 Picks. Thanks for listening. Colin, peace out. See ya.